mystery, dude. He really does like the mystery of things. Yeah? Like what's behind, the man behind the machine. Voicemails to man from Detroit. Listen to the new show, man. It sounds great. I love the uh, audio. Did you do it? Yes, I believe it was. I have to check because I might have actually clicked on the other one. Did you add some uh, cool, like, little audio bits to the latest one with Angela Jolie? Or was it just off talking? Oh, yeah. Like I said, I mean, dude, you can go on for days. It's... You know, the CIA is Hollywood, man. That's that's all it is. It's all that it's become. I mean, look at all your movies. You know, look at the way they all kind of, they're based around and stuff like that. We just have these superheroes and all these spy movies. And in between, we'll have, like, you know, the, you know, whatever, just the down-home film or whatever, you know. Just keep everybody tame. But for the most part, it's just regurgitated stuff, you know. I mean, just go back to even, if you look at even Indiana Jones, I mean, you can see how it kind of changed into that, where we have these Nazis and this guy, he's an archaeologist, getting all kinds of cool things, and, you know, look at the, the basis around that and what uh, certain things are going on now, you know. It's kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, it's massive, man. I mean, you know, what can you say? Yeah, it's massive, man. You know, it's... People just really don't really understand uh, really how it's run. And as I said, especially now, it's even scarier because you have no First Amendment rights at all. Um, and freedom of the press has really kind of been thrown out the window at the same time, too. So you've lost two major things. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, just this, this, and that. And I'll be just like, okay, let's just ask you are you a biden fan yes okay do you like trump no do you believe that the news tells you what yes the news is going to tell me everything true okay well there you go so it's there's no in between there's really no truth in that. and i say like i said i just say the same thing about a trump fan to a biden fan same thing um but you know sadly the biden people are kind of running the whole thing and once again it's big tech and they're totally censoring and it's just wrong i mean i don't care if you are one side or the other it's like there's certain things that have been set up for these companies and they're not abiding buying the law they're just they're thinking they're above it and 
they're like, okay, we can censor, okay, we can say, okay, this is what we're going to allow people to, you know, understand, you know, that's the whole big thing. It's like, that's, what are they going to allow you to understand? It's very major in this whole thing, you know, from their perspective. And right there, you're, it's, you've got state TV, you know, you're, you're no better than what they say, North Korea. It's, it's that simple. And you throw on the radios, you throw on the TV, you throw on the internet, you throw on Jack Dorsey, who's censoring people. You know, it's kind of Orwellian at its finest, you know. But like I said, a lot of people won't notice that. You know, it's like they look at it, or they've made it, I should say, especially the news, like you're just an evil individual if you say, well, you know, we've got questions about this. I don't care what questions there are. We sh let's just call it the election. You know, everything's off. There's numbers that are just way out of whack. I can straight up show you numbers that are just astronomical of what they used to be. It's you can tell. It just looks like a fraud. I mean, it's that simple. So if we're saying, hey, you know, it don't look right. And we are journalists, and we are also have freedom of speech. And we're not throwing any hate out there or anything like that. We're just throwing out some, hey, we should really look into this again as citizens, you know. And we're being censored. That's crazy. Yeah, it was weird, man, because Detroit just kind of stepped out of everything after the 60s. They kind of had their little riots on... A lot of people, uh, this is about Robocop you know, 1987 set in Detroit. Too, how it came about. Um, and it was weird. It was like a really, during the time, it was a, a huge, you know, say, um, you know, a, like just movement, I would say. If there was anywhere where, like, music and stuff like that, and politics in the street. And then by the time we got to the 80s, people were already just in their own little, you know, veg state. They're just already being fed. Okay, so this is where I was kind of going to with that last thing. It's like Detroit was kind of becoming like a hub of like movie making. And they've always been that way. It's like a lot of people think that just because Hollywood came in like a couple of years ago that it was going to be this great thing, which it never really is. But... I was kind of around that when it was kind of moving that direction, but here they did like more like industrial films and stuff like that. So they work, uh, we would work for the car companies and they would, you know, do just, you know, their new model cars or whatever's going on or, uh, you know, stuff like that. But what was coming about was we were starting to get Hollywood here. Hollywood was making movies. They had, um, um, obviously the Eddie Murphy chain going on here, uh, that was, you know, pretty big. And then, um, they had, a, you know, you just got to kind of look a little deeper than the movies going on at the time, or at least in the eighties, so to speak. And we were kind of like that, like I said, uh, kind of independent market too. Cause my friend, uh, his dad was a director and he, uh, produced a couple movies and they had some pretty big name talent in it. Uh, a really good movie too if you ever get a chance to watch it it's um, called The Rosary Murders and it uh, features Donald Sutherland and um, I forget the other guy's name but he's he's been in a lot of movies too but uh, yeah it's uh, you know some pretty cool stuff you know you can just check it out 
Beverly Hills Cop was filmed they, in Detroit too. Had this thing about you know Detroit is like this you know this massive just crime going on or massive you know people just getting gunned down. So that's what you always heard. You always heard that in the '80s too. You know, Robocop. Um, and it, it went on, you know. But the thing of it is, is like I think it was really you know it was overplayed. You know, it's it's like I just I never you know there was. You know, you know, you don't want to hear any violence at all, but you're just your typical violence on the news, so to speak. You know, it's going to be the story on the news. But it was like, you know, it wasn't like everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, you walk around the streets of Detroit, you must be, you have to, you know, weaponize up. You know, downtown was, you know, it's never been a problem, you know. And I'm not to say, I'm not saying that issues didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Because they did. And they did happen more in the 80s and stuff like that. And you got to look at, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on, too. You know, you got a lot of things going on. And, um, but, you know, to me, it was always like, you know, I just, I never recognized it. And I was always right in the middle of it with music. I mean, I couldn't have been more in the heart of, like, what was going on. So, I mean, we were just... Actually, talking about it tonight, we used to go down to a bar in the like the east side of Detroit in the '80s, and uh, you get out of the car and the guys would be sitting in the parking lot with you know shotguns. <laughs> it's crazy. And mind you, you know we're we're still in high school, so we get in there, you know, we hang out and this is you know good times. That was in the '80s when the music was good. And the carpeting there didn't smell like urine. Uh -huh. And eighties hairspray, Aquanet. Yeah, see with Robocop it's quite interesting because I honestly I don't really remember that movie, you know, that well at all. It just didn't really click with me as much as like the Blade Runner kind of movie did. Um, and you know, and the same thing with well, the Terminator movie. That to me was yeah, you know, it was pretty cool. You know. Um, I think I enjoyed Terminator a little more and a little bit more as I got older, I enjoyed it, which was kind of unique to itself. But Robocop never really struck a chord. Ironically, which is kind of weird, is like they've been working on a statue, and I don't know if it's been set up or not, but supposedly they made a Robocop statue. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's pretty interesting. I'm like, I didn't know Robocop was that, a, you know, effective to people in the world. And I guess when they even talked about it was from Detroit, I just don't really remember it you know being this whole detroit thing but you know i guess they can make detroit look apocalyptic and they needed to do that so you know there you go but see is wow because you have something like that and it was you know pretty big budget and, you know you, and I, I don't even really remember hearing about it when it was being made and i was here when it was being made i mean i was around the whole film industry and stuff like that so it was pretty on the qt or they just kind of did it and you know you know, they did it. And then, like I said, they uh, did a couple more of the, um, you know, Axel Foley movies. And then it's basically they bailed out of Detroit. And that's kind of what Hollywood does. I mean, it did the same thing to Chicago. I mean, Hughes was doing great photo. I mean, films down there. I mean, look at all the stuff that was going on. You got, you know, all those, you know, whatever the hell he did, you know, I forget right now. The Breakfast Club. You know, 16 Candles. You know, he did all that great stuff. And then you got Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the Blues Brothers, all out of, you know, Chicago movies. That was, that, 
that kind of made everything f exciting for me because that's why I ended up in Chicago because I was like, wow, this is where it seems like the movie business is going on. So I ended up going to school there strictly because of that. But that really dried up kind of quick, you know. You get yourself a Red Dawn or whatever with Jim Belushi, and I think it was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that was about it. <laughs> they kind of tried up on Chicago, but they were doing great. I'll tell you another movie a lot of people don't know was filmed in Chicago, and I was kind of around this one, uh, was Flatliners, which is really cool. Everybody's uh, gets to hang out with Kevin Bacon, and it just makes you that much more closer to him, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's pretty neat. And I'm actually... Uh, also in that little thing, uh, Seven Degrees from Kevin Bacon, or whatever the hell they call it. <laughs> yeah, basically he's like the bionic man, but he works in Detroit. What more can you ask for? It's interesting, we were talking about Detroit tonight, and uh, myself, along with uh, a friend of mine, we're talking. And if you go, like, anywhere around the world, and you say, oh, yeah, I'm from Detroit, people find that quite fascinating. So I'm like always interested in that the most, you know, so quite a blessing. And mind you, this was before Eminem. This is, you know, so, I mean, not like Eminem doesn't have a lot to do with it too, but it's like if you go out, if you go to the UK and stuff like that, you can really talk some music about Detroit. People dig you, especially when you mention things like Iggy Pop and the MC5. It was wild because I was trying to name out all the bands from Detroit one time. And we were getting up in the numbers of like anywhere from between like 100 to 150 national and international acts. That's a pretty major pull, you know, when it comes to music. So that's why whenever I do what I do, music wise too, you know, um, I'm very fortunate to be here because of the talent on many levels. It's kind of interesting because we have it from electronic, you know, to um, obviously rock. A lot of people know we got good country thing going on here, you know, and obviously hip hop and rap. And a lot of music people haven't even really, you know, like tons of artists that probably people don't even know about that are from here that have really had an effect on the world. Wow, interesting. Do they have a cartoon now? The RoboCop cartoon? I haven't seen it. That just tells you how out of the loop I am on it. But it's wild, because like I said, Hollywood just came in here. They come around every so often, and Wahlberger still does his thing here. He's got a couple of uh, hamburger joints, too, in town. So anyways, so, uh, you know, you want that apocalyptic feel, but... They're not going to get it too much longer because they cleaned up the town, basically. <laughs> they gentrified, so, you know, that's about it. Get it while it's good. It's gone. But honestly, you know, there's so much more that Detroit has to offer, you know. People just kind of see that, and it's kind of been, shall we say, over-glorified, so to speak. You know, movies, TV, you know. Detroit, the near future, from the RoboCop cartoon. Detroit, the near future. Officer Alex J. Burton and his partner, Ann Lewis, fight to rid the decaying city of the criminal element which invests. After being mortally wounded in the line of duty, Officer Burton is out.
fitted by OCP with bulletproof titanium robotic parts and with computer-enhanced motion sensory capabilities. He has become the ultimate super cop. Yeah, I heard, uh, it's, like I said, I haven't really seen it, but it's interesting, too, because I think, uh, like I said, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things when it comes down to movies and element, you know, they, uh, the crow, which I think a lot of people thought was filmed here in Detroit or something like that. It never was filmed here in Detroit, but, um, it just had the elements and the feel, you know, of Detroit, which is kind of cool, you know, but it really wasn't, but, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that cracks me up, man. Detroit, the near future. What the heck is that all about? What's going on there? Detroit in the future. Pretty crazy. Anyways, yeah, you know, it's pretty exciting, I guess. You know, that's the way people want to, you know, view it. It's, uh, I got other things going on. I thought it was wild, too, because like I said, back in the day, the crow, you know, like everybody thought it was, you know, filmed here in Detroit. And, nope. But it's got a great, great Detroit feel. But it's got a great Detroit feel. But honestly, I think the movie that closely resembles Detroit, especially in the future, if anything, is honestly Blade Runner. Or who knows, maybe Beverly Hills Cop will come back home and do a entire movie from Detroit instead of going out to Beverly Hills because, you know, that deep state stuff. Come on back. We like to do movies here. It's a lot of fun. We like having you. You don't have to stay. A's a super cop, all right? That's what you got to worry about. Once again, AI, already teaching you back in the 90s, it's coming. You should have learned right then and there. You should have walked out and said, you know what? I don't know, my conspiracy buddy, he sounds like he's, he's talking some game there, man. 1990s, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> But look how they do it, too, at the same time. You know, everybody thinks that, you know, there's so much crime in the city of Detroit. Yes, there's crime in the city. There's crime everywhere. There's crime in Chicago, Minnesota, wherever you go. That's the other thing, too, is this whole crime thing. I always wonder about that. But once again, they, of all the cities they're going to pick, they're not going to pick New York. They're not going to pick Chicago. They're not certainly not going to pick California. Detroit. Well, why do they pick Detroit? Because everybody knows that. You know, and everybody hears that word and they know that word. And they also know the word from other things, but they can relate to it too. So that's what they want. It's advertising, it's marketing. It's the way it works. And I know this sounds odd, but this has to do with different countries. Like I said, you can go to different countries and Detroit is really well respected when you say music and other things like that. A lot of people don't realize that. They think a lot of times it is because of the so-called crime, but a lot of things, it has to do with music, and which is very fortunate for us, like I said, from Motown, Electronica, rap, hip-hop, rock, all the above, you know, basically, um, and huge other movements, too. It's like, you know, everybody forgets about blues and jazz that came out of here and stuff like that. Major, you know, influences over in Europe. So, you know, we kind of laugh at the kind of stories of like the, you know, the, the RoboCops and this supersonic thing, but you can see how it works, you know, in the media too at the same time, so. Well, yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, you know, this gangster kind of lifestyle is exciting. It sells tickets, you know, it keeps people entertained on TV. 
you know. And it's kind of weird because I think even Trump had brought it up too. He's like, you know, these stories that you see on TV and they, they mimic life. You got to ask questions about that, you know. And once again, I'm not denying that certain things don't happen. There is violence. There's things going on. There's more than we probably even could imagine, you know. But once again, it's like, it's. I think people often think when you walk out of your house in Detroit, there's going to be automatically a gun battle to get to your car, you know. And that's how kind of we're portrayed in the media. And that's kind of how we're portrayed in the media. And obviously, nationally, and because of the name Detroit, internationally. So, yeah, let's go back to a space odyssey right there and watch the entire thing. I mean, you got Siri, but he's Hal. You got microwave ovens because they cook up, you know, food in minutes. Um, you know, it's an entire movie about really what's going on. And it's funny now because we even got rid of some of the stuff in the movie by the time we actually got to that point point in the movie some of the stuff was already even outdated yeah i'm gonna check that out right now i'll check out the show and then i'll share it i'll talk to you later yeah they just shut youtube down not quite sure what they did but they must have hit the wrong button but everybody's blowing up my phone Man, leave a voicemail at 313-MAN-0231. 313-MAN-0231. Data categories do you store? Does Facebook store on the categories that you collect? Senator... Can you clarify what you mean by data Well, there's, there's some past reports that have been out there that indicate that, it, that Facebook collects about 96 data categories for those 2 billion active users. That's 192 billion data points that are being generated, I think, at any time uh, from consumers globally. So how many do you, does Facebook store out of that? Do you store any? Senator, I'm not actually sure what that is referring to. How many Facebook like buttons are there on non-Facebook web pages? Congresswoman, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head, but we'll get back to you. Is the number over 100 million? I believe we've served the like button on pages more than that, but I don't know the number of pages that have the like button on actively. How many Facebook share buttons are there on non-Facebook web pages? I don't know the answer to that exactly off the top of my head either, but that's something that we can follow up with you on. And we think that's over 100 million. Facebook would always be free. Is that still your objective? Senator, yes. There will always be a version of Facebook that is free. It is our mission to try to help connect everyone around the world and to bring the world closer together. Do you agree? Senator, I have not heard that. Okay. Do you think Palantir taught Cambridge Analytica, as press reports are saying, 
how to do these tactics? Senator, I don't know. Do you think that Palantir has ever scraped data from Facebook? Senator, I'm not aware of that. Uh, no. If you've messaged anybody this week, would you share with us the names of the people you've messaged? Uh, Senator, no, I would probably not choose to do that publicly here. I think that might be what this is all about. Here's whatever... Deepfakes, the looming threat of 2020. Design news seven days ago. Anonymous view. What you're seeing is not a Hollywood special effect. And anyone with a powerful computer and enough time can make one. You might have heard. Why deepfakes could threaten everything from biometrics to democracy. IT Pro 7 Days Ago Anonymous View Until recently you needed the sophisticated technology of a Hollywood studio to create convincing deepfakes. Not anymore. The technology has become so advanced and readily available. Deepfakes could destroy trust in filmmakers. What can we do about it? RedSharkNews.com one year, one month ago. Anonymous view. The problem in 2019 is that deepfakes are now far more common and are being used for far more than porn. Alongside Hollywood actors, politicians. The deepfake apocalypse never came. But cheapfakes are everywhere. Mashable 20 days ago. Anonymous view. Deepfakes take time, reactions from Trump's supporters came in quick the day the pro wrestler turned Hollywood actor made an extremely rare political endorsement, publicly backing Joe. Researchers are preparing for the coming wave of deepfake propaganda. Snopes.com a month ago. Anonymous view. Videos, though, are another story. Hollywood directors can spend millions of dollars on special effects to make up a realistic scene. But using deepfakes, amateurs with misinformation woes could multiply with the defaked videos. Rappler a month ago. Anonymous view. Washington, D.C., USA if you see a video of a politician speaking words he never would utter or a Hollywood star improbably, worries her. Soon, only AI will able to detect AI defake the videos. The National Interest a month ago. Anonymous view. Videos, though, are another story. Hollywood directors can spend millions of dollars on special effects to make up a realistic scene. But using deepfakes, Amateurs with Media and Technology Gertie two months ago Anonymous View A Hollywood star's run at the top of Tinseltown can be fleeting. But artificial intelligence is powering de-aging technology and even generating lifelike digital humans that 
In a battle of AI versus AI, researchers are preparing for the coming wave of defake propaganda. TheStreet.com 30 days ago. Anonymous view. Videos, though, are another story. Hollywood directors can spend millions of dollars on special effects to make up a realistic scene. But using deepfakes, amateurs with. In a battle of AI versus AI, researchers are preparing for the coming wave of defake propaganda. Yahoo! News a month ago. Anonymous view. Videos, though, are another story. Hollywood directors can spend millions of dollars on special effects to make up a realistic scene. Kingsville Public Library Board Meeting, 6.30 p.m. 6006 Academy Street 16, Rock Creek Village Council, Regular Meeting 7 p.m. Administration Building, 3081 W, Water Street. Orwell's Animal Farm Adventure Game hits Steam and mobile platforms in December. App Informers three days ago. Anonymous View. Orwell's Animal Farm is going to be coming to Steam and mobile platforms in December. This is great news if you've been wondering when this new. George Orwell's Animal Farm gets a video game adaptation in December. Shack News 10 days ago. Anonymous View. It seems like a pretty good time for a choice-based adventure game based on George Orwell's political allegory, Animal Farm. Structural Integrity, Army Corps of Engineers give Orwell damn class inspection. Fergus Falls Daily 6 days ago. Anonymous View. The dam inspectors were visiting the Orwell Lake Flood Control Project. Frommuth, the site maintenance lead, works for the United States Army Corps of Engineers and George Orwell's Animal Farm is getting released in December. Bleeding call 10 days ago. Anonymous view. This morning, developer Neriel and publisher The Dairyman revealed that George Orwell's Animal Farm will be out next month. The single-player adventure title will have you. Orwell's Animal Farm inspires Stark County Library Art Show. Akron Beacon Journal 7 days ago. Anonymous view. 75 years ago, George Orwell wrote a short novel titled Animal Farm that remains relevant and prophetic, as would his later book, 1984. Animal Farm tells. George Orwell's still relevant Animal Farm inspires new art show. The Repository 7 days ago. Anonymous view. 75 years ago, George Orwell wrote a short novel titled Animal Farm that remains relevant and prophetic, as would his later book, 1984. Animal Farm tells. Orwell's Animal Farm releases on PC and mobile December the 10th. Videogamer.com 10 days ago. Anonymous view. Developer Neriel has announced that Orwell's Animal Farm, a choice-based narrative adventure game based on the famous novel, will be releasing on PC and mobile from December the 10th. Animal Farm game adaptation to arrive in December. Hardcore gamer 8 days ago. Anonymous view. First announced back in 2017, but brought back into the limelight earlier this year, a video game adaptation of George Orwell's classic critique of totalitarianism and push for more urgency over Orwell bridge safety measures. East Anglian Daily 11 days ago. Anonymous view. Orwell bridge closures cause severe tailbacks in and around Ipswich as traffic is diverted off the A14 and through. Orwell looks to the future of the village. Star Beacon 12 hours ago.
Anonymous View Kingsville Public Library Board Meeting 6.30 p.m. 6006 Academy Street 16 Rock Creek Village Council Regular Meeting 7 p.m. Administration Building 3081 Watts Water Street Vermont State Police say six cows were shot in Orwell WPZ Plattsburgh Burlington on 11 days ago Anonymous View The Vermont State Police responded to a report of individuals in a pickup truck shooting cows on a property in the town of Orwell on Friday. George Orwell's Animal Farm Bleeding call 10 days ago Anonymous View This morning Developer Neriel and publisher The Dairyman revealed that George Orwell's Animal Farm will be out next month. The single-player adventure title will have you. George Orwell's Animal Farm coming to PC and mobile. How to combat the latest and most aggressive bonnets and malware. Tech Republic two hours ago. Anonymous view. Launching more sophisticated bonnets, malware, and other threats, cybercriminals are getting more ruthless, says Nusfire. 2020 has proven to be a challenging year in so many. Menlo Security raises $100 million to beat back malware with algorithms. VentureBeat an hour ago. Anonymous View. Menlo Security raised $100 million at an $800 million valuation to accelerate its go-to-market and international expansion plans. New ModPipe malware targets hospitality. Hotel point-of-sale systems. ZDNet 14 hours ago. Anonymous view. A new point-of-sale POS the malware is targeting devices used by hundreds of thousands of organizations in the hospitality sector, researchers have warned. Dubbed ModPipe, the malware. ModPipe malware decrypts Oracle point-of-sale database passwords. Bleeping computer seven hours ago. Anonymous view. Security researchers have discovered a new malware geared with modules that target Oracle Micro's hospitality IS-3700 point-of-sale systems, one of the most widely used management. Google, WhatsApp, Flash and other copycat apps are hiding malware. Kim Commando a day ago. Anonymous view. Never download apps from third-party app stores, no matter how familiar it looks. It could be this new Android Trojan in disguise. A new banking malware can spy on users' phone, perform banking transactions, report. Business line seven hours ago. Anonymous view. Kaspersky researchers found ULs distributing the malware pushing a malicious file that can download and install the GIMAB malware. 
New Gimab malware can spy on 153 Android mobile applications. ZDNet two days ago. Anonymous view. New Gimab Android Trojan rises and evolves from Brazil to spread internationally. Security researchers have discovered a new Android banking Trojan that can spy and steal. Some Dell printer drivers flagged as malware by antivirus software. Windows Central on, a day ago. Anonymous view. It's unclear what's going on with Dell's printer drivers. What you need to know some Dell printer drivers have been flagged as malware by antivirus products. A new banking malware can spy on users' phone, perform banking transactions, report. Business line seven hours ago. Anonymous view. Kaspersky researchers found ULs distributing the malware pushing a malicious file that can download and install the GIMAB malware. Google, WhatsApp, Flash and other copycat apps are hiding malware. Kim Commando a day ago. Anonymous view. Never download apps from third-party app stores, no matter how familiar it looks. It could be this new Android Trojan in disguise. US Cyber Command exposes new Russian malware. ZDNet 11 days ago. Anonymous view. Together with CISA and the FBI, US Cyber Command wish Russian state hackers a happy Halloween. US Cyber Command has exposed eight new malware samples that Microsoft Teams users under attack in fake updates malware campaign. Threat post two days ago. Anonymous view. Microsoft warns that cybercriminals are using Cobalt Strike to infect entire networks beyond the infection point, according to a report. New Modpipe point of sale, POS and malware targeting restaurants, hotels. The hacker news six hours ago. Anonymous view. Cybersecurity researchers today disclosed a new kind of modular backdoor that targets point-of-sale, a POS, restaurant management software from Oracle in an attempt to pilfer sensitive payment. Home films are Robocop. Robocop, 1987. Robocop location, Emerson Street. Houston Robocop location, the Sinister OCP headquarters, Dallas City Hall, Dallas, Texas, photograph, visit Dallas, Robocop poster, locations, Texas, Pennsylvania, director, Paul Verhoeven, cast, Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, Ronnie Cox, Dan O'Herlihy, Kurtwood Smith, Miguel Ferrer, Roe Wise, Palmgren, in the hands of Paul Verhoeven, what could have been a run-of-the-mill action or becomes a sharply dark satire on the privatization of law enforcement, with sleazoid techno-freaks incorporating dead cop Alex Murphy, Peter Weller, into a damn near indestructible law and order machine. It's set in a futuristic Detroit, but the sharp-eyed will soon spot the landmark buildings of 80s downtown Dallas, Texas, 
standing in for the dystopia in Motor City. How can you miss Dallas's illuminated ball on a stick reunion tower? The towering headquarters of Omni Consumer Products is a composite of several different buildings. The exterior is Dallas City Hall, 1500 Marilla Street. Not a high-rise at all, but clever pre-CGI optical effects stretch it up to an impressive 95 stories. Its steel and glass atrium, though, has to be in a high-rise, if only a modest 25 stories, the atrium itself towers a dizzying 13 stories. You can ride those glass elevators in the Plaza of the Americas, 700 North Pearl Street, the mall incorporating stores, offices and the Dallas Marriott Hotel. The OCP boardroom in which had 209 proved such a success at dealing with an armed threat, despite the odd glitch, was a vacant suite at the top of Renaissance Tower, 1201 Elm Street, which now houses the library of a law company. Chosen for spectacular views over the city, it still rises only a piddling 56 stories. If you're a fan of TV series Dallas, you might recognize its exterior as the HQ of Ewing Oil. An OCP's parking garage, seen much later in the movie, when Robocop is savagely raked with police bullets after escaping Ed 209, is beneath Building 100 of the Hotel Crescent Court, 400 Crescent Court. The luxury of OCP is contrasted with the rundown Detroit Police Precinct, Metro West, which blends a mere two locations. Overshadowed by the Black Glass Plaza of the Americas, the precinct exterior is the old Dallas High School, 2311 Live Oak Street and North Pearl Street. Almost a mile to the east, the interior is the Sons of Herman Hall, 3414 Elm Street at Exposition Avenue, built in 1911 by the Order of the Sons of Herman, an organization of German emigres founded in New York. It's currently used as a music venue, specializing in blues and swing. Newly transferred to the precinct. Murphy meets a body end at the hands of Clarence Boddicker, Kurtwood Smith, and his gang, but rebuilt as Robocop, he's soon on a single-handed mission to clean up the city. He starts modestly enough dealing with a grocery store robbery at Bob's Liquor, which stood at 378 South Industrial Boulevard, down by the Trinity River Greenbelt Park. He thwarts a sexual assault, by neatly shooting the rapist between the legs of his would-be victim in the small parking lot at the northeast corner of Main Street and North Caesar Chavez Boulevard. Robocop Location, Emerson Street, Houston Robocop Location, The Mayor is Held Hostage, Dallas Municipal Building, South Harwood Street, Dallas, Texas, Photograph, Y. Chimedia, Joe Mabel. When the Mayor is Held Hostage by a disgruntled employee, Robocop is on hand to sort out the situation. The classical Detroit City Hall is the Dallas Municipal Building, 106 South Harwood Street between Main and Commerce Streets. The situation ends more happily than the real events which inspired the scene. When ex-supervisor Dan White took a gun into San Francisco City Hall in 1978, he shot dead both Mayor George Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk, the events portrayed in Gus Van Sant's Milk. There's more real-life history here at the old Dallas City Hall, too. The Harvey Oswald was held in City Hall after the shooting of JFK and it was in the building's basement that Jack Ruby shot Oswald before he could stand trial, thereby adding fuel to the multiple conspiracy theories. Gone now is the Shell gas station, where Emil, 
Palm Prun, one of Bodiger's men, recognizes Murphy during a robbery. It stood on the north side of Ross Avenue at Arts Plaza. With his memory jolted, Murphy looks up his records at Police HQ and takes off to visit his old home. Chances are you didn't buy 548 Primrose Lane as a real Detroit address. And although the address does exist in Dallas, Murphy's one-time house, which he finds deserted, is 9233 Church Road, in Lake Highlands to the north of Dallas. The dance club where he catches up with another of Bodiker's gang, Leon Nash, Rowise, was legendary, if short-lived. 80s hangout the Stark Club, which launched the career of its designer, Philippe Stark. The club was revived as Zook, 703 McKinney Avenue, but that too seems to have closed. Bodiger and the guys are meanwhile trying out the firepower of their newly acquired military-grade weapons on a scruffy downtown street. The 2500 block of Elm Street at Hawkins Street, east of the North Central Expressway, survived the onslaught only to fall eventual victim to the wreckers ball. One location was found outside Texas, way to the northeast in Pennsylvania. The old steel mill in Sector 3D, where Murphy holds up and finally takes out Bodiker's crew, was the Duquesne Steelworks, off Route 837, Duquesne, just southeast of Pittsburgh. The plant had been closed down in 1984 and, as you expect, has since been totally demolished. When wearing the full Robocop costume, actor Peter Weller was too bulky to fit into his police car. That's why most shots show him exiting the car or preparing to get into it. When he needed to be in the car, he only wore the top part of the costume and sat in his underwear. Concerned that various police forces would object to the scene of the title character throwing his nemesis, Clarence Bodiker, through glass while reading his rights, the producers had a preliminary screening for an audience of police officers. It turns out that the officers were delighted at the sight of the hero getting tough with a murderer in a way that they couldn't. In Sacramento, California a robbery suspect fled into a darkened movie theater to escape pursuing police. He became so engrossed in the movie playing on screen Robocop, that he failed to notice that police had evacuated all other patrons from the theater. When the lights flipped on, the stunned man was taken into custody. Even though the movie was set in Detroit, Michigan, most urban scenes in Robocop were filmed in Dallas, Texas, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Robocop 2 was filmed mostly in Houston, Texas, and Robocop 3 was filmed in Atlanta, Georgia. While filming the scene of the first movie where Robocop catches a set of car keys, the foam rubber hands of Peter Weller's costume made grasping the keys quite a challenge. It took around 50 takes and a day's worth of filming to finally get the scene right. The Robocop suit for Robocop 2 which can be seen in the museum, when it opens, is constructed out of fiberglass. It made it easier for actor, Peter Weller, to move in the suit and gave it a more metallic look. 
One of the major plot elements of Robocop 2 is when the city of Detroit must declare bankruptcy, something the city actually ended up doing in 2013. People walking into Paul Verhoeven's bombastic action film Robocop expecting an opera of exaggerated violence were not disappointed. But that's not all audiences got, a sharp observation on militarized law enforcement and corporate excess, Robocop, which hit theaters 30 years ago today, executed satire with as much skill as it had explosions. Check out these 15 facts, or there will be trouble. 1. Robocop exists because a guy named Ed hated his job. Ed Neumeyer was so restless as a Universal Pictures story editor that he began to toy with an idea of his own about robot police officer. Film student Michael Miner had a similar notion that he called Supercop, the two brought their ideas together on a script, Robocop, the future of law enforcement. Despite its satirical bent, the title was so ludicrous they had trouble garnering interest until Orion Pictures, which had just had a hit with the Terminator in 1984, decided to run with it. 2. Judge Dredd was a major influence. While Neumeyer has said that being on the set of Blade Runner gave him inspiration for the idea of robots in law enforcement, Robocop's stoic mannerisms and single-minded action owes a considerable debt to Judge Dredd, the British comic book cop who presides over a diseased urban landscape. Production artists even borrowed heavily from Dredd's helmet, above, before settling on the sleek suit seen in the film. 3. Stanley turned IT down. In 1984, Neumeyer decided to see if he could spin the Robocop script into a comic book to use as a launching pad for a feature. He ran the idea by Stan Lee, before Lee could commit one way or the other, he and Neumeyer attended an early screening of The Terminator which also had a humanoid as the main character. And Impressly told the writer, Boy, you're never going to top that. And passed. 4. Peter Weller became a mime for the role. Knowing the suit, which was still being fabricated, would limit his facial expressions, Orion Pictures head Mike Medavoy suggested to lead actor Peter Weller that he seek out a mime coach in order to become more physically expressive. After interviewing several in what amounted to a mime off, Weller settled on Money Yakim, a performer who taught at Juilliard. The two worked for months on fluid, balletic movements that incorporated dance training. Weller even suited up in football gear and walked around Central Park to get a feel for moving with added bulk. Unfortunately, 5. Weller could barely move in the Robocop suit. After protracted design debates with director Paul Verhoeven, Effects artist Rob Bodden was unable to deliver the suit until the day they were to begin shooting with it. It took Weller nearly 11 hours to squeeze himself into it, at which point he spent an hour trying to catch a set of car keys for a fleeting shot. Cumbersome beyond his expectations, all of Weller's mime work had gone out the window, Yakim took the frustrated actor aside and told him to begin thinking of himself as a beast. Production was halted for several days so that Weller could grow comfortable with his movements. Mental Floss recommends. Check out our brand new t-shirt designs, over 80 unique shirts now in our store, shop now. Check out our brand new t-shirt designs, over 80 unique shirts now in our store, shop now. 6. The heat on the set was excruciating. YouTube.
While the film was set in Detroit, Michigan to reflect the industrial collapse of the city's automobile industry, it didn't do much shooting there, as location scouts determined the Motor City's skyline didn't look appropriately futuristic. Instead, the production was based primarily in Dallas, where summer temperatures regularly exceeded 100 degrees. Weller could lose 8 pounds in a day, much of his time between takes was spent rehydrating or having cool air hoses stuffed into the suit. 7. Weller refused to answer to his real name. According to co-star Miguel Ferrer, Weller instructed the producers to issue a memo to the cast and crew advising that no one should refer to him by his real name, he preferred to be called by his character's name, Murphy, or Robo. Ferrer went on to say that, having known Weller for years prior to the film, he enjoyed greeting him with Hey, Pete. Weller ignored him. 8. Robocop's gun needed FBI approval. According to Weller, the modified 9mm Beretta automatic sidearm that Robocop keeps in his thigh had to be approved by the FBI for entry into the United States. The actor, who had handled weapons as a teenager and was able to twirl handguns, said trying to spin the piece was like trying to twirl half of a baseball bat. 9. Weller was wearing a Walkman under the Robo helmet. In addition to having a very narrow field of vision and practically sautéing in his own sweat, Weller also had trouble hearing in the suit. For a shootout with drug dealers, Weller decided to set the mood by putting on headphones attached to a Walkman and playing Peter Gabriel's Red Rain. Weller called the moment wildly, psychotically enjoyable. 10. IT received an X rating, 8 times. Verhoeven thought he had sensationalized the violence to a comedic degree particularly in a scene where an office executive is the victim of a glitch in law enforcement machine ED-209. The robot essentially tears him to shreds by firing high-caliber ballistics, at which point someone asks for a medic. Thumpa did not find this as amusing as Verhoeven did and asked him to cut down the scene, as well as the murder of Weller's officer Murphy. In all, Verhoeven submitted the film eight times before finally receiving an R rating. 11. Some of the actors got unsolicited stunt pay. Kurt Wood Smith and Ray Wise had been standing in such close proximity to a building explosion that the production, without any sense of humor, paid both men for stunt work, which amounted to roughly $400 apiece for the scene. But the actors didn't feel their pay justified the risk to their lives, neither was aware the explosion would be that big, and Smith's coat ended up catching on fire. 12. IT bested Snow White and Jaws at the box office. Barely. Robocop opened in theaters on July 17, 1987, with the only other new release being Jaws, The Revenge, the fourth entry in the Shark franchise. Robocop won the weekend with just over $8 million, slightly more than third place Jaws in Disney's reissue of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. When all tickets were counted, the film made roughly $53 million enough to crack the top 20 for the year, coming in at number 16, but still not enough to topple the 15th highest grossing movie of the year, La Bamba. 13. Robocop Sold Fried Chicken in Korea While he may not actually possess a stomach, there's just no killing Robocop's appetite for chicken, Robocop shilled for a Korean frozen food company in the 1980s, terrorizing a housewife before making off with the entire refrigerator. In a noodle commercial, 
Robocop can be seen exercising his non-existent abdominal muscles on a beach. 14. Robocop also did a little pro wrestling. As the years went on, Robocop's place as social satirist gave way to a more one-dimensional portrayal of the character as a shellacked action hero in sequels, animation, and television. His nader probably came in 1990, when an actor in the outfit emerged from backstage to assist professional wrestler Sting for a world championship wrestling pay-per-view event. Fortunately, he was able to restore order without opening fire. 15. A Robocop statue will be erected in Detroit? Someday. In 2012, word began to spread about a campaign to erect a Robocop statue in Detroit, this despite the fact that the city was not exactly portrayed in the most flattering way in the films. A Kickstarter campaign was successful, and work on the statue has begun, but there's still no ETA for the unveiling.